So we've been talking about resolutions. Last week we started a series on resolutions, and, and I don't know if you guys have made resolutions. A lot of people don't, but, um, but a lot of people do. They try, and, and I'm, I'm learning as I go. See, I'm not good at making a resolution like January 1. I need to get into the year a little bit and figure out what the resolutions need to be, right? And so I've already, in this first week of the year, I've already figured out, like, one of my main resolutions is going to be listen to my wife more. That's my main resolution. Um, and I know, I know right off the bat, like just even in saying that, some of you guys are like, Gabriel, shut up. Don't say that. But it's true. Uh, the other night we're driving um, to eat dinner and uh, we're going to go over to Pastor Nathan and Brooke's house and hang out with them for a minute. And so on the way over there, we're on this little back road and a deer runs out in front of us. And, and Perry says, you need to slow down because there's always two. Like, it just seems like there's always two deer crossing the road. It's never just one. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And before I could apply the brake, um, what? Hey, hush, I'm telling the story. <laughs> before I could apply the brake, a second deer runs out and hits my vehicle. And don't all, I mean, my vehicle's dented in. The deer got up and ran away. Like, she was fine. She was like, oh, that's cool, but left a big old dent in Perry's car, not my car, in Perry's car. And so, um, so she's not letting me live that one down yet, just keeps telling people, you know, how I should listen to her more. And then yesterday we had um, quite a day. We had all day of, of volleyball tournament with my daughter in Hoover. And, and so it's around lunchtime that we have to leave and go do the volleyball tournament. And so, um, so Perry says, hey, do, do you want me to make you some snacks for the tournament? And um, I know what that means. That means I'm not allowed to go to the concession stand. I get it. You know, I know the rules. And so I was like, okay, no, I don't need any snacks. I'm good. And I was a little frustrated because it's right in the middle of the day and you're having to leave. And I didn't want to get up and make snacks. I was like, I'll take care of snacks. Well, I didn't make myself any snacks. And she said over and over again, you probably need to get some snacks. I'll make you some snacks. I was like, no, I can do my own snacks. Well, I never made any snacks. So we get to the games and to the tournament. We're there. You know how it is when you're at kids' tournament stuff. You're just sitting for a long time. And then I started getting hungry. And I started getting real hungry. And I wanted to go to the concession stand, but I couldn't do it. And I also could not tell her that I was hungry. Because you know what happens. If I would have said, babe, I'm really hungry, she would have said, should have gotten some snacks. Right? And I couldn't have asked for her snacks because then it would have been just as much trouble. So I'm going to start listening to her more. I'll start next week, and um, we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully we'll get some good things happening this year. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 19. We're going to uh, go back. Same story we read last week. We're going to read it one more time this week. Uh, it's going to apply to us in a little bit different way today. So last week we read about this uh, young, influential man. He has plenty of money. He's wealthy. Um, and, and so we're going to read about his life just for a second, a little snippet here. Matthew 19. Verses 16 through 22, I'm reading the New Living Translation. If you're on your phone, you want to change that translation real quick, you can. Um, Here's what it says, verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else do I need to do? Verse 21. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, we talked last week about the word perfect, right? We said we want to be perfect, but, but 
not in the same context that, that 2023 America thinks perfect is, in the context of uh, the biblical context, which means complete or mature, right? We want to be complete and mature. And, and so he says, if you want to be perfect or complete and mature, uh, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But the young man heard this and went away sad, for he had many possessions. And so we talked about last week how this young man is missing something. He's got everything that you could want. He's got all the influence you could want. He, he's got a, a, a YouTube, TikTok channel that is blowing up. I mean, they're sending him check after check after check. Everybody's following this guy. They're all following him for real estate advice and, and financial advice. I mean, he's killing it. He's got all the money. He's got all the friends. He, he's got all the, the wealth that you could desire. But yet there's something missing. There's something that's just not quite there yet for this guy. And for him, he recognizes the fact that it has to do with his eternal life. It has to do with, hey, I've got everything I need in this life, but what about the next one? What about when I die? What's going to happen to me? And, And so there's something missing in his life. And I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel today. Uh, I can only preach from my perspective. But in my life right now, uh, in in different areas of my life, I sometimes feel like there's something missing. Have you ever felt that way? Like there's just something missing. I I, I was telling, uh, having a conversation with our our church staff the other day. and, And I said, even in the way we've got church going and I feel like church is doing well and, 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 and financially the church is doing well and numerically the church is doing well and I, I feel like there's a lot of good things happening in church. I said, but sometimes I feel like there's something missing. Sometimes I feel like there's something else that, that's on the horizon. There's something else that needs to happen and, and I don't know what it is and, and, and I wish I could tell you that I had all the answers. I wish I could tell you I'm that man of faith and power that just gets up and every morning God downloads the plan, but he doesn't do it that way. And sometimes there's times in my life when something is missing. My wife and I have been having conversations about our family this year and the the different things we want to change and work on. And and there's times that we can't quite pinpoint what it is. And and our kids are fine and and, and they're serving God and everything's okay. But, But there's times when we can't quite pinpoint what it is, but we know there's something missing. And we got to figure that out. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you're like me and you're like my wife and, and you're like this guy in the Bible that, that, that there's just something missing. And, and what we do to fix it is we make these resolutions. We start saying, well, I'll eat better this year. I'll work out more. I'll, I'll, I'll save more. I'll, um, you know, we start making all these resolutions. I'll listen to my wife more, right? Like, because there's something, there's something missing. And I'm trying my very best to figure out what that something is and how to fix it. But one thing I want to commend this young man, sometimes he gets down the road because he walks away sad and he doesn't follow Christ. But I want to commend this young man for something is that he went to God like he knew something was missing and he went to find Jesus. He, he said, there's a word that became flesh. There, there's somebody special out there and I'm going to go find him. And, and that's what we do. Sometimes we go find the whatever influencer we can find. Right. I, I was telling the um, the worship team this morning before we got started when we were praying in here, I said, you know, if I've got a question about my health or my, my fitness, I, I'm going to go talk to Candace and Andrew Rape. They're the ones that own CrossFit Trustful, and I trust them, and, and they know more about that stuff than I do. I'm going to go find them. I'm going to talk to them if I've got a question about health and fitness. If I've got a question about finances and investments, I know I've got a friend in Mobile named Chris Corley and, and he's my buddy and he helps me with all my financial stuff. I know if I've got a problem with my, with my wealth, I'm going to talk to him. 
If I've got a question about spiritual things, I know I'm going to call my dad. Every time I'm going to call my dad, dad, tell me what this verse means. Explain this to me. I've got people in my life that are influential that I go to, but how often do I go straight to God? See, sometimes we put all of our hope in all these other people. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think it's next week or the next week I'll talk about mentors and what it means to have people in your life that are influential and how good that is for you. But, but listen, not if, not if you're bypassing God to get to people. And, and this guy, I could commend him. He went straight to the source. He went straight to Jesus. And so I think one of the questions that we end up having is, how do I go to Jesus to get the answers for the things that are missing? Like, how do I hear God? How do I hear God? How do I know that it's God speaking? Have you ever had one of those moments where you have that thought and you're like, this might be God or this might be me or this might be the pizza I ate last night, right? Like you're like, I don't know what it is. It's making me think the way I'm thinking. And, and, and so we can't ever really tell which one it is. And so what I want to do today is I want to bring everything back to a very practical message today. It's not going to be super spiritual. It'll be very easy to follow, very easy to remember. And what we're going to talk about today is how to hear the voice of God. Just like this young man went to Jesus, he heard a word, he got a word back. The word back was sell everything you've got and follow me. He got a word from Jesus that found that missing piece that gave him the missing piece, what he was, what he needed in his life. And so for you and I today, how do we do just what that young man did? How do we go find that missing piece? How do we hear from God what he needs to speak into our lives? So there's four ways, and there's probably more than four ways, but there's four ways that start with a W, Carrie, and I did this just for you today because I wanted you to remember them all, right? So four ways, we're going to start them all with a W, make it very easy to remember. And and what I'm going to do is, the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to start with the most foundational, the very best And I will finish with the least reliable, but still good. Okay? Okay, we're good? So just understand, we're going to put most of the weight on this first one. All right? Most of the weight is on this first one. The first way God speaks to us is through His Word. Everybody say Word. Word. See, you already got it. You're remembering it. And we're only on number one. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 says this. All Scripture... Notice that it says all scripture. It doesn't say some scripture. It doesn't say only the scriptures that make me feel good about my life. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It's exactly what we're talking about. Something's missing. Where do I go? I go to God's word. Why? Because that's what it's, it's inspired by God to teach me what's wrong in my life. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. I want to show you something. All scripture is inspired by God. Did man write it? Absolutely man wrote it. How did man write it? He wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Peter puts it like this in in um, in, in one of the Peter books, one of the Peter letters that he wrote. Peter says this. He says, um, we were carried along by the Spirit. And the words that he uses there are are nautical terms. It it means to have your sails filled with wind and the wind drives you. And Peter says, as we write, we are being carried along by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is pushing us and directing us in everything that we write down. So all scripture is God breathed. All scripture is God inspired. 
Why? To teach us, to help us, to find the missing piece. What is it that I'm missing? I go to God's word and that's where I'm going to find it. That's where I'm going to find it. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I love this. I love the fact that he says this. He says it divides the soul and the spirit. Now, if we want to get like super, you know... Bible theological, we can, are we, are we, you know, tripart beings or bipart beings? Are we body and soul and spirit is one thing? Are we body, soul and spirit, three different things? I don't know. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but here's what the Bible says. The Bible says there is a distinguishing between soul and spirit. And the way we teach this here at our church is we teach that the soul is your mind, will, emotions, and desires. The spirit is that that lives forever. The Spirit is what, what the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of in your life and transforms. But sometimes, whenever we're trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing, it's hard to distinguish between my mind, will, and emotions and the Spirit. It's hard to distinguish between those two things. Because mind, will, and emotions are almost always going to drive me in a selfish direction. And, and, it, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It just, it is what it is. And the spirit is almost always going to drive me in a God direction. Well, I guess it is always going to drive me in a God direction. And so I've got to figure out which one is which. How do I figure out the difference between the two? God's word is able to distinguish between the two. If I'm trying to figure out one way or another, all I got to do is get into God's word and allow God's word to get into me. And whenever that happens, he begins to divide between my desires and what the truth is, right? Have you ever been in a vehicle and you got the radio on and you drive underneath uh, power lines and all of a sudden you get static in the radio? Am I the only one? Okay. All right. Well, let me teach you a lesson. There's these things called radios in your car. And antennas, right? And so, um, so anyways, whenever you're driving, whenever you're... Okay, here's a better one. If you, Who's got satellite radio? Anybody have satellite radio in their car? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see all the rich people now. Um, uh, so if you got satellite radio and it's a real cloudy day or you go underneath a bridge, you lose signal. Okay, why? There's something interfering with the signal. And what happens to me a lot of times is I'm trying to hear the voice of God. I'm trying to know the will of God. But sometimes my own desires, my own thoughts, my own will gets in the way and interferes with what God's trying to say. And so I'm hearing a lot of myself and a lot of what God's trying to say. I listen to sports radio here a lot. I listen to Jocks 94.5. And um, on occasion, I think sometimes... Someone just hits a button and walks out of the room because there are there have been times when I've literally heard two different radio shows on at the exact same moment. And it is so hard to understand what's happening. You got one guy that's a national guy, one guy that's a local guy, and they're both talking over each other at the exact same time. And it's very difficult to distinguish between the two. And that's the way we are inside. It's very difficult to distinguish between the two. So that's where God's word comes in and clears everything up for us. And here's another thing. We're going to just stay with God's word for a minute. It's not a matter of just reading the Bible. It's not a matter of just reading the Bible. Anybody can read the Bible, right? You don't have to have faith. You don't have to 
believe in Christ to, to read the Bible. Anybody can read the Bible, just like I can go read the Book of Mormon or the Quran. I can go read uh, whatever book you put in front of me. Anybody can read it. Doesn't mean I believe it, right? It's not about just reading the Bible. It's about it's about the Bible bringing you closer to Christ. Here's what the Bible. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter five, verse thirty nine. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think you're going to find life in the scriptures. Is there life in the scriptures? Absolutely. But there's only life in the scriptures because the scriptures point me to Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible points us to Christ. And whenever we read the Bible, it should not be just to read the Bible. I'm not reading just to consume knowledge. I should be reading in order to have a relationship with Christ. I want to know him better. I want to know how he thinks. I want to know how he talks. That way, whenever I do have a thought, I can line it up with what I've already read, what I've already consumed in God's word, what I already know about Jesus. And I can say, you know what? That thought does not line up with what I know about Jesus. So therefore... That must be me and not him. That's where God's word helps me distinguish between myself and God in my thoughts, in my life. The Bible itself, the Bible itself is just a book. It's it's Christ in the book that we're looking for. One of my friends, um, Melissa, is a doctor. Melissa, stand up. Let everybody see how cool you are. <laughs> Melissa's like, no, heck no, I ain't standing up. Um, so Melissa is a doctor. Listen, let me, let me tell you something. I would never go to the hospital. I would never go to the hospital to get cured of an illness expecting that the hospital itself is going to cure me. Right? Think about it for a second. How many people are sick and they think if I can just get to the hospital, I'll be better. And their whole mindset is as soon as those doors open, I'll walk in the hospital. Oh, I feel so much better. I can go home. Doesn't work like that. Why do I go to the hospital? I go to the hospital because that's where Melissa works. Right? Who am I looking for? I'm looking for Melissa because Melissa is the doctor that's going to help cure me of my sickness. I'm not just going to the hospital. The hospital just happens to be where Melissa is. So when we're looking for Christ... We don't just go to the Bible randomly just to read the Bible. Every time I read the scriptures, I'm looking for someone. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking to see what he's got to say, what he wants to do in my life. I'm looking to hear his voice every time I go in the scriptures. And you may say, yeah, but Gabriel, what about like Leviticus and Numbers, Job? He's there. Trust me. You gotta, you gotta look for him, right? It would be like Melissa hiding in the closet at the hospital and I gotta go find her. She's there somewhere. I just, I just gotta find her. Listen, I I get it. Some parts of the Bible can be confusing and, and we probably need to do a whole nother sermon on this, but that's where having other people around you reading with you helps. Okay. Melissa's not the only doctor at the hospital. There's also a whole other team of people that help her. She's got nurses that help her. She's got other people that help her to, to, to help me. One of the things I appreciate a lot, two things I appreciate. One, um, I've got certain people in the church, um, and, and some of you guys may have this, but I've got certain people in the church. Every so often, I'll get a text message, and it'll be, hey, man, I just read this. What does that mean? And I love it. 
I love it because what that means is it means that they are digging into the scriptures, right? Another thing I love and something my wife did this year, we're talking about finding that missing piece and, and something to do with the family. Something Perry did that I think is amazing is, is Perry, and you should try this. Matter of fact, everybody should try this. Perry uh, has gone on and, and she's gone on version, the Bible app that we use, and you can download Bible reading plans. So like I read one that takes me through the Bible in a year. Sometimes it takes me a year and a month, but it takes me through the Bible in a year. And, um, and I read that every day. That's my, that's my Bible reading plan. But then you've got other ones that are like five days long, seven days long, 30 days long. And so Perry found one that was, I don't know, five days long. And she sent it. She put all of my family, my, my kids and myself, we're all on a group thread, text thread. Because our schedules are crazy. Gabriel's working, and, and, and I've got a couple of jobs, and Perry has a job, and, um, and Emma plays volleyball, and Colt, Colt's at the house, you know, just chilling and doing his thing. And, and so, so we're all in different places at different times. And, and so she puts us on this thread. And so what we do is we read the, uh, the Bible reading plan together, like, or we read it on our own, and then we get on the thread and we start commenting, what do we think that uh, Bible, you know, what, what did that verse, what did that devotional speak to us? And we all comment. And can I tell you something? First of all, having my wife do that was amazing. Second of all, just reading the comments from all three of my children has been amazing. Just to see God speaking into their hearts and their lives. And so we've got small groups coming up. Pastor Nathan and Brooke are going to lead our small group ministry, and they're going to do a fabulous job with it. And some of you may be thinking right now, uh, I, I'm too nervous to start a small group. I don't even know what to teach. I don't know what to, easy, easy way to do a small group. Put your, your small group on a Bible reading plan together on you version, text each other. And that's, that's the easy way to do it right there. That's the easy way to do it. Why? Because reading the Bible together helps us understand it more. We find Jesus quickly whenever we do that. The second way. So the first way is God's word. The second way I hear God is through wisdom. Through wisdom. Now, wisdom is not as reliable as God's word, but it is reliable to have the wisdom of God. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says this, For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. James 1, 5 says this, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Wisdom is a great way that God speaks. Because here's the thing. You're not going to wake up in the morning and go to get dressed and look in your closet and say, what does God's word say about the clothes I'm going to wear today? Nobody's going to do that, right? Nobody's going to do that. You're you're not going to go into a meeting and someone say, what should we do about this thing? And you're like, hold on, guys, let's get out. Let's get out the Bible. Let's everybody start reading some passages. And let's just take the next two or three hours to read and pray and figure out what we need to do about the paint color on the building. You're not going to do that. Why? Well, it's dumb. It takes a long time. Secondly, God has given us his word. His word should be hidden in our hearts, right? We want to hide his word in our hearts. That way we know his voice. But then the next thing he gives us is he gives us wisdom to operate on a daily basis. There are things that God just gives you wisdom about, and it's God's wisdom to help you navigate through your daily walk. One of the, one of the examples that I have for you is, um, whenever we were, whenever the church was at the Tin Valley, at the little bar, right? And, and so we were meeting in this, in this little bitty building, and, and we were talking about how to get out of that building, how to get into the next 
phase of what we're doing because we were having to run two services over there and it was very small and it was very difficult. And so we, Hey, we got to get something else. And so we started, um, trying to figure out how to get into another building, but we don't like to do fundraisers. I can't stand fundraisers. When I was a little kid, I had to do all the sell the chocolate and do the things for camp. Hated it. Hated every bit of it. I'm not a salesperson. I can't go up and sell you anything. If I have to go door to door, um, I would just die. I would hate it. I don't see how you sales people do it. You're amazing to me. I couldn't do it. So we don't do fundraisers. And so we said, how are we going to get the money to do this? And, and it was like immediately God brought back the, the uh, place in the Bible in Exodus where Moses is building this tabernacle. And, and he just says, uh, God told Moses, said, go to the people and ask them to bring an offering, a special offering for the tabernacle. And Moses did it. The people did it. And they, they built a tabernacle. It was very easy. There was no fundraiser. They didn't sell um, cookie dough. None of that. None of that happened. And I'm like... And so as we're in this meeting, immediately that verse pops into my mind. And I said, guys, what if we did this? What if we just took up a special offering once a year? We set up a special account. Nobody touches it. It doesn't go to salary. It doesn't go to, um, you know, the nursery. It doesn't go to anything. It just goes to the building, to the future of our building. We set up the special account. All the trustees, they all agreed. Hey, yeah, let's do this. It sounds like wisdom. So we did it. And God has blessed it ever since. We ended up in this building. Long story. I don't have time to get into it. But that's how we ended up here was, was why. Was it because we had to go to the scriptures and do a bunch of fasting and praying and try to figure out? No, no, no. It was God gave us wisdom in the moment to make a decision. And God gives you wisdom in the moment to make a decision. Here's the thing. You got to have the right kind of wisdom, though. Right? You got to have the right kind of wisdom. In James chapter 3, he talks about the different kinds of wisdom. Uh, so James 3, 14 through 17, it says this, But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above, talking about God's wisdom, is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. One of the things I love about that is sometimes we'll, we'll have people in our life that will think they're operating in wisdom, but what they're doing is they're operating in selfishness. And you can test the wisdom from God. If, if the wisdom you feel like you have, the wisdom that you have on this, on this decision, if you look at it and you say, this wisdom is only benefiting me, chances are it's not from God. But we test it back to his word. His word is the foundation. And this wisdom is the kind that's full of mercy and good deeds. So there's two different kinds of wisdom. We want to operate in that godly wisdom. The third way God speaks to us is a whisper. A whisper. So he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his wisdom. And the, last, the second, uh, third is whisper. First Kings chapter 19. And this tells a story, First uh, Kings 19 verse 12. This tells the story of a prophet named Elijah. Elijah is super depressed. Like almost suicidal. The Bible says that Elijah has had this huge victory. He has this big win. He has this big miracle. Everything's going good. And the next thing that happens is Elijah is running for his life. And he tells God, I just want to die. 
if I could just die and get it over with? You know, it's funny. When you read the story of Elijah, God never honored that. <laughs> he never did die. Um, so anyways, I just thought like, that just hit me. So anyways, Elijah says, I just want to die. If you just leave me alone, let me stay in the desert. Let me just kill over out here. And God says, no, I got to speak to you. And so God takes Elijah to this mountain and he goes up to the mountain and he goes into a cave. And while Elijah's in the cave, the Bible says that an earthquake, an earthquake shakes the mountain and lightning strikes the mountain. And a storm, a, a, a tornado blows through the mountain and all this big, loud, boisterous stuff is happening on the mountain. And that's where we get to verse 12. It says, and after the earthquake, there was a fire and the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I think it's so interesting that God wasn't in the noise. He was in the whisper. He was in the whisper. There's going to be times in your life when you're missing something and you're seeking an answer and you've read the word, you've got wisdom, but then there's also going to be that gentle whisper that gentle whisper, that little voice in the back of your head. And you know it's not you because you can test it against God's word, right? So you know it's not you. You know it's God speaking to you. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah, Isaiah said it like this, verse, uh, chapter 30, verse 21. He says, and your ears will hear him right behind you. A voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. I love how it says it's right behind you, just speaking have you ever had that moment? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I've had those moments. They, they, they haven't been a lot of them, but they've had those moments where it's just like a little gentle whisper. Gabriel, do this. Say that. Go talk to this person. Right? You have those little gentle whispers where God speaks to your heart. And that's what we need to be listening for. That's what we need to be listening for. Sometimes here's what it takes to hear the whisper. You say, well, I can't hear the whisper. Sometimes you need to turn off all the noise in order to hear the whisper. The Bible says that the fire and the wind and the earthquake and none of that was God. It wasn't until a little whisper showed up that was God. And I think sometimes what we do in life is we have a lot of noise. We have a lot of distraction. So we talk about fasting sometimes and, and how important fasting and prayer is. And biblically, fasting is, is generally talking about food. But I want to tell you something. I believe there's a place of fasting where we learn to fast noise. Maybe not physical noise. For me, when I pray, I like to have music on. I just I enjoy having music on when I'm praying. Um, I like to have I like to have music on to help me it helps me focus. But but I like to have music playing. It's not noise like in that sense. Sometimes it's just distraction. Maybe we need to fast social media for a while because maybe the only thing that we're hearing is all this social media stuff. Maybe you need to fast the news for a little bit because you're, you're struggling being able to decipher what's real and, and what's God. Maybe we need to fast uh, television or maybe we need to fast uh, certain aspects of our life that are creating more noise in our head to keep us from hearing the whisper. But the whisper is what we're shooting for. Now, look. I already told you, we're going from the most reliable to the least reliable. And on the spectrum here, whisper is towards the least reliable. Why? Because it's so easy for me to get the whisper of God mixed up with the whisper of Gabriel, right? And so again, that's where we bounce it back. Is what I'm hearing, is it wise? 
And then, if it is wise, is it the Word? Does it line itself up with God's Word? And so everything gets tested back to the most reliable, which is God's Word. The last, the last W is, uh, is wonders. So you've got the Word, you've got wisdom, you've got whisper, and then you've got the wonders of God. The wonders of God, what is that? It's, it's prophecies, it's dreams, it's visions, it's signs. It's uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says this. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Listen, these are good things. But remember, they are the least reliable things, Right? A dream is a good, and I believe God can speak to us through our dreams. There have been times in my life, very few, but there have been times in my life where I know the dream I had was a dream from God. And I know it because it played itself out that way. And so, so it's important to understand that, that dreams and prophecies, these things are good, but they are, again, not the most reliable. And the reason I know that is because 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says this, let two or three people prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. That word evaluate means to judge. In other words, Paul is telling the church, he said, listen, it's good to prophesy, but you better have some people willing to judge what they're saying. You better have some people around you trying to help you figure out if what they're saying is really God or if it's just good, right? And so it's the least reliable, but it's still something that works. As a matter of fact, um, we, I don't even know if I... I didn't ask permission to use names. I'm not going to use names. It's a shocker. Nathan's surprised right now that I'm not using names. But we, we, we've had... We, we've shared this story multiple times. Um, we've had... Uh, a couple of different, since I've been pastoring this church, um, of course, since, since I've been pastoring, this church, I'm the only person that's pastored this church. Um, I'm stupid. Um, since, since this church has been going, we've had three, at least three different ladies that I know of that the doctors told them they could not have babies. At least three different ladies that the doctors told them they could not have babies. All three of them ended up having babies. And in two of those instances that I know of, there was someone in the church that was praying and journaling, and God showed them that those women were pregnant, even though the doctors told them they weren't. Even though the doctors told them they couldn't be, this lady got a word from God, and she wrote it down in her journal, and it turns out she was right on both occasions. Now, if she ever writes down that my wife is pregnant, I'm going to tell you right now, false prophet, you know. <laughs> she was right on both occasions. Isn't that amazing? Now, now listen, the thing about prophecy and stuff like that, it's easy to know if it's real because it either happens or it don't, right? But we can't, just because, just because you see someone on TV that um, misuses the wonders of God doesn't mean they don't still operate in the church today. Just because people make fun of it doesn't mean it's not real and it can't happen. Now, is it the most reliable? Absolutely not. The most reliable is what? God's word. Least reliable is wonders, but it's still valid. It's still valid. 
And that's why I tell people all the time, pay attention. Pay attention to your dreams. Write them down. If you feel, if you feel like, like, again, I can probably tell you in my life maybe, maybe four occasions where I woke up from a dream. Because I wake up from dreams all the time. Ask Perry. She hates it because I tell her every dream I have, and they're all super weird. But there's been four times when I woke up from dreams and I said, this dream is from God. Like, I know something's different about this dream. Write that stuff down, man. Take note of that. I want to end with this final little thought. And the final little thought is just think, think Nike. What's Nike's slogan? Anybody know? Just do it. Thank you, people in the back. My teenagers. Nike's slogan is just do it. Jesus said this about his word. He said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, in the English Standard Version, it says, Everyone who, uh, then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Here's a problem with our rich young ruler, our, our, our wealthy, influential young man. He did a lot of things right. He recognized the fact that something's missing. He, he knew, I've got to make some changes in my life. I just don't really know what it is. I've got the money. I've got the influence. I'm obeying the commandments. Like I I show up at church, but there's still something wrong. There's still something missing. And so he knows I've got to go to God. Let me find Jesus. So he goes and finds Jesus and he gets a word from Jesus. Jesus tells him exactly what he needs to do. Two things, sell all your stuff and follow me. And then there's the problem. The Bible says he goes away sad. The Bible says he goes away sad. Why? Why did he go away sad? He went away sad, not because he had a bunch of stuff. I mean, the Bible says he, he, he went away sad because he, he was very wealthy. It's not just the fact that he had a lot of stuff. It's not the fact that he had a lot of influence. It's the fact that he wasn't willing to obey. He wasn't willing to obey. I think, I think it's funny whenever you talk about New Year's resolutions and we talk about the things that need to change. And if you go talk to someone that knows their stuff, if you, if you say, Hey, I, I got to get healthier. Like, like my health is, is not where it needs to be. My fitness is not where it needs to be. I need to talk to somebody. And, and then, and then you go and you talk to Sophia and you say, Soph, I need some help with my fitness. You know what Soph's going to tell you? She's going to look at your, she's going to say, let me see your diet. What are you eating? She say, Oh, we need to make some changes in what you're eating. You, you can't keep eating donuts every day and be fitter. Like it just, it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. And she's going to say, what, what are you doing as far as movement is concerned? Are you exercising? You're like, no, I sit at a, at a computer all day and I don't do anything. And I just eat my donuts all day or whatever the case is. She's going to tell you, you got to stop doing certain things. And there's some things you're going to have to start doing in order to be healthier. And at that moment, we've got a choice. Am I willing to do what it takes? Am I willing to do what it takes to get the changes that I need in my life? If you go to a doctor and you say, I'm I'm having some issues, um, you know, and the doctor says, well, here's the problem. You need to make some changes. Are you willing to do whatever the doctor says? Maybe it comes to your money and your wealth and you say, I'm I'm having some issues. I need to I need to get things right. And you go to a financial advisor, you go to a counselor and you know what they tell you? They say, well, here's the thing. You're going to have to cut out some stuff. I, I will never forget my dad. Um, my dad always says he's a terrible counselor because my dad's not very sympathetic with people, right? You come to my dad and you got a problem. He's going to say, well, here's the answer. And if you don't do what he says, he's like, well, I told you, you know, like he, he's not going to play around with you. 
And so someone came in one time that said, Pastor, I'm really struggling with my money and I don't know what to do and I don't have enough money to, to get through the week. And dad says, well, let me see your bills. Let me see your budget. What do you have? And, and, and they said, you know, they showed him all this stuff. And dad said, well, right off the bat, you can cut out cable. And the person was like, whoa, I, I can't cut out cable. I got to watch TV. And my dad's like, you can't buy groceries. So you cut out cable, right? Like there are things you can do. He said, well, let's look at your grocery bill. And, and, and they're buying all this. Look, cut this out, cut this out. But they weren't willing to do. And you know what they did? They struggled financially for years because they weren't willing to do what he was telling them. Sometimes we're struggling with our marriage and we're saying, I got to do something about my marriage. My marriage is, I've got some issues in my marriage. And you come and you sit down with me and you say, I've got some problems with my marriage. And you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to take you back to Ephesians chapter five. And I'm going to say, are you, are you sacrificing? Are are you serving? Are you submitting? And if you're not doing those things, then you're going to continue to struggle. And whenever you say, there ain't no way I'm submitting. I don't use that word. I can't serve my wife. What are you talking about? I'm the man of the house. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, you're going to continue to struggle, right? I tell my kids all the time, they, they talk about their grades or they talk about, and I say, look, you've got to study. There are sacrifices, there's things you've got to do. And when it comes to making some changes in our life, there are some areas that the God's word is going to speak to you, but you've got to be willing to obey it. You've got to be willing to obey it. You've got to be willing to say, Jesus, I'll do Whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? As we do every Sunday morning, we're going to have a team of people that are coming up to the front and they just want to pray with you. They just want to agree with you for whatever it is you're dealing with today. And what you're dealing with may have nothing to do with the message. It's Maybe you're talking about, I got nothing to do with resolutions. That's not my problem today. I've got some stuff going on in my home. I've got some stuff going on in my family. Whatever the case is. Listen, we want to just pray with you today. That's all we want to do is be a point of agreement with you just to pray about whatever you're dealing with. But there may be some of you today that you're struggling. And God's speaking to your heart. Maybe during the message today, God's speaking to your heart. Maybe it's about your relationship with him. Maybe, maybe it's about your relationship with him, your, your, your love for him, your serving of him. Maybe he's speaking to your heart today about, about his word and just ingraining that into your life. Whatever it is today, whatever it is, God loves you. All right, we're about to go God to loves the verse you. Progression. And God doesn't want you to leave here the same way you came in. God doesn't want you to leave here feeling like something's missing, something's broken. God doesn't want you to leave here like that. God wants you to leave here complete. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, I got something for you. And if that's you today, we want to pray with you today because I believe God wants you to be complete. There may be something missing. I'm going to just pray over you. And then Pastor Jonathan's going to sing one more song. And as he sings that song, feel free to worship. Feel free to step out of your seat, come down to the front, get prayed for, go back to your seat and continue worshiping until Pastor Nathan dismisses us. But let me pray. Lord, I pray right now over every person in this room, myself included. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you speak to our hearts. We've heard your word today. We've heard your word. God, we know there's wisdom in your word today. God, today, help us to hear that whisper. 
Maybe you're speaking to our hearts right now. Maybe there's that, that still small voice speaking to the back of our brains right now, telling us what we need to do, telling us how much you love us, telling us the next step. So God, today we just ask that you would move in our hearts and our lives today. Change us, make us more like you. If we're missing something today, give us peace in our life. God, give us that thing that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer.